0: These are extraordinary times, but with too much information and much of it confusing. On Body Ecology Living, I interview some of the best minds to help you live your best life possible. We'll discuss topics on using foods to heal, on building a hearty immune system, on aging well, on taking care of your gut and, of course, your brain, but most of all, on clarifying the right steps to be happier healthier, and having the energy to make a difference in your own world. Hello everyone, this is Donna Gates with Body Ecology Living. And um, when I did a podcast with Robert Scott Bell before, we decided at the very end that we were going to talk about copper. I wanted to talk about copper. He's an expert on copper and colloidal silver. Um, I knew he was the person to 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 ask questions about and I've always been very very confused about copper because you'll read from some experts will tell you you have to have a lot more than we're getting a lot of people uh, there's other experts out there that are saying we were getting way 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 too much so we're going to clear up some of that confusion today And, uh, Robert, thank you. I know you just got off your interesting radio show that you do all the time. And thank you for having the energy to keep talking to us.
1: Oh, well, for you, Donna, you know, I'm here for you. We've been friends for a long time, and it's kind of like a little reunion every time I get to see you. So I'm thrilled uh, that we have these opportunities and you're still going strong through all those years that you've been at it so thank yeah, you for you too that.
0: i know when you popped on the screen i i was thinking uh, you know kind of bored you know i like kind of i wasn't excited i wasn't happy but then a minute i saw you i was so happy i thought oh yeah so you made me, you already made my day no matter what we're going to talk about just by being <laughs> awesome. here
1: just seeing Love you
0: that. but um yeah we have had a long um friendship and Interest in each other's work, so this is great. But, um, back in the day, you were the go to expert on colloidal silver, so I do want to talk about that. But we promised people to talk about us
1: uh, copper, yes. But can yeah, you I, go ahead? I was just saying the reminder, of course, the crossroads with you always, you know, we have talked about gut health, the body ecology, you know, the ecosystem, the, the microbiome, and you know it's such a counterintuitive topic to talk about silver because we know of its antimicrobial properties yet it became an instrumental part of my acceleration type protocols for people with severely damaged gut ecologies and of course the home for the gut ecology which is the lining of the gut itself and you know as I studied more and more about silver coming from Dr. Robert Becker's book The Body Electric I realized More than its antimicrobial properties, I was was intrigued by its regenerative properties, how it would stimulate regeneration of tissue topically, well, well, Robert, locally, about, and experiments in um, burn care centers, fresh. wound care models. It's incredible. This is and so I thought, thought, wow, if it can do that to epithelial tissue out here, could mm-hmm. we have a similar impact in the gut? And of course, the concern Let's I had too was, well, it you know, is it going to be bad out. for the microbiome? And it turns out the studies show that it has a kind of a uniformity in terms of reduction of microbiome content, much like if you flush the entire gut with water, a hose of water, it will flush it out. But the, the, positive thing here is that you don't on the other side of that have dysbiotic opportunistics because there's no negative impact on microbiome biodiversity. And in fact, there is an enhancement to the home for the microbiome because it reduces the inflammation of the lining and upregulates the regeneration of tissue, including the villi, which is part of the home, if you will, the, the, the rainforest for the microbiome. So you had the ability to address dysbiosis overgrowth imbalance like yeast or other things safely and really restoring the integrity to the home for that which you have invested so much time and energy and effort and research in how do we replenish that healthy terrain and the gut that you know that hosts the whole, the, the microbes that are so life sustaining
0: well you just made an important point that i want to clear you know make sure people got that in order to have a healthy microbiome you've got to get rid of the pathogens it's like if you um were the mayor of a city and you had this area great area you know, but it was full of slums and it was dangerous. And nobody wanted to live there. There's a lot of robbery and crime, but it's in this primary of your city. So you'd want to clear it off and then be able to build back anew. And that's exactly what you've got to do with the guts. So you know what? I was, I thought we should talk about um, copper, but given that We've all gone through the COVID thing, and now we know a whole lot more about the damage it's done. We know that there's millions of long haulers, and they have gut dysbiosis because spike protein is being found everywhere in the body. It's in the small yeah. intestine, stomach, and they, uh, I mean, everywhere, but gut-wise. It's in all the digestive organs, and it's been found in the lining of the uh, gut lining. You know, so could, let's let's maybe <laughs> to- Go that way then, instead of go to copper because for, sure. first of all, do you mind? Okay, there's colloidal. Can we explain what colloidal is? And then there's a silver called argentin twenty three, which mm-hmm. I personally use myself, yes. and um, it's it says it's a hydrosol. So, yeah. Can yeah. We define what those mean.
1: Sure. The bioactive silver hydrosol is certainly within the colloidal family, and colloidal chemistry is different from salt chemistry. It's not dissolving things, it's suspending things. So, silver suspended in water could be considered colloidal silver, but it doesn't really tell you enough about the properties that could be released if you have the purest form of the bioactive form of silver, which is when you remove an electron, you have a positive charge, which leads to a positive metabolic effect within the within the body, within a living system. That is either an antimicrobial effect, should you desire that, or a regenerative effect if you're utilizing it in areas of tissue inflammation or injury or damage. Uh, So colloidal chemistry is certainly within the realm of the silver hydrosol family, but the purest and most bioactive form of a colloid would be a hydrosol, where it's just the water and just the silver. And that's not true of most colloidal silvers, which may contain various uh, contaminants, because if you don't use five nines pure silver to begin with, you're going to have other metals you don't want there. And other uh, things that are utilized by even professionally made silver colloids is that they want to throw more silver into suspension or parts per million increase, right? Because Americans think of a little as good, more is better. As a homeopath, I learned for little is, is good, more can be toxic or not really beneficial. And so if you combine silver into salts and or proteins, you can suspend more silver in the water, but you haven't increased its efficacy because most of the silver is bound. It's locked away and it only works then via ion dissociation. That is dissociating ions that will pop off of that relationship. So a small fraction of the total silver content in a lot of colloidal silver products is actually going to do anything for you. The rest will be Maybe nothing happens, maybe it accumulates, but it's not efficient. And that's why I use, just like you do, the Argentin-23, because it's as close to 100% bioactive at a low, safe concentration that will not bioaccumulate, will not be too much, so you could safely take it on a daily basis or a long-term basis should you have a lot of history of gut dysbiosis and repair needed. But that protocol that I mentioned before, we've talked about this, the silver with the aloe driving it into the gut, it's a great accelerator because what took me two full years to do way back in the day when you knew me as a snot-nosed little homeopath just learning <laughs> back in Atlanta. Uh, it took me too. two years. Me of. We, we
0: didn't know very much back in those days. You know, fast forward 25 years or so, there's a lot more knowledge available. But, but yes. can you, so you said silver with aloe?
1: Yeah, the aloe was, and this is the unique thing about this protocol, because normally when we take the silver colloid or the hydrosol, we'll get sublingual absorption right here into the blood and lymph, primarily the lymph. So a systemic benefit to the immune system, very little or no interaction past the stomach because it's just going to be done by then. So it isn't normal that you would, you know, if you're taking the silver orally that you're even having much impact on the gut. You have to use Herculean tasks to get it there you can either take a, a lot to flood the body and go through past the stomach or take a smaller amount and use aloe as a carrier agent because aloe is poorly absorbed within the gi tract it has its other benefits to epithelial tissue but in this case it becomes a beautiful synergy a carrier so that that bioactive form of silver can go past the stomach in the small intestine large intestine and colon to address the the uh, microbiome in, in terms of dysbiosis right tamping down the extreme you know aberrant growth while helping to heal the underlying home for the microbiome. So reestablishing the healthy balance, which is about, you know, cooperation, not domination, uh, can be restored via, again, many of your methods that you've made famous, you've written about extensively over so many years. They make it more successful when the home is proper.
0: Well, when you say aloe, uh, Mm -hmm. there's aloe extract that you'll find in, you know, gut products. We have one with aloe extract in it. And then there's aloe, aloe gel, you know, did you drink? Sure. Yeah. Which one are you talking about?
1: Yeah, in this case, it's a form that you could drink. You could harvest your own if you know how to do it, or if you find an organic quality that's not heavily preserved because that kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, that is then mixed with the silver hydrosol that you have right before drinking. So it's kind of a blend that happens, but it keeps the silver bioactive and not absorbing through the stomach going beyond the stomach. So that's the delivery into the gut for purpose. Because if you don't need to, you don't need to. But if you do, this is the difference maker that I said, accelerated gut recovery for me, what took two years, I can do for people worse off than me in two months or less. In uh, for two range.
0: months, And what's the ratio? How much of each one?
1: Uh, usually one to one. I'll, you know, normally I'll take a teaspoon. You would take a teaspoon of argentin, for instance. In mm-hmm. the case of the surface area available to you know that we need to cover, it's a lot more in the GI tract. So I go up to one to two tablespoons, so a half ounce to an ounce. It's a little bit unusual, but it's a it's a short term protocol for specific purpose. As little as two weeks for you know, the yeast overgrowth, if it's not too entrenched, it, it's very rapid. Whereas uh inflammatory bowel conditions, colitis, Crohn's, et cetera, might go four, six, or even eight weeks. Uh, but I've had not not had to go beyond eight weeks in the most extreme circumstances to see recovery. Uh, in my book, Unlock the Power to Heal, that I wrote with Ty Bollinger, there's a chapter on the gut health, and I make it available free to everybody on my website at robertscottbell.com because I think, just as you know, the gut health is so important. I'm like, I don't want people to have to buy my book just to get this information. So it's available for everybody.
0: Wow, that's so Wonderful! If you thank you, I didn't know that. I'll be getting it myself, and I didn't know this about the aloe. So, I I have been when the whole COVID thing was happening. I think I got COVID. I don't know. I did, never, I might have even gotten it twice. I didn't get really very sick. I just got something I thought might be. I never got tested because I don't trust the test. Anyway, yes. what happened afterwards though, like. Mm, sometime, I don't know exactly when, my back broke out in shingles. Well, that's not unusual if you've had common uh, COVID because COVID activates Epstein-Barr, yeast infections. Um, It it, it awakens these viruses that are in your body that are in these viral sanctuaries. I'm actually writing a book about this that Mm -hmm. should be done soon. And uh, so... Interestingly enough, since I was writing about it, I realized, oh, my gosh, I have all these, quali- you know, characteristics of a long hauler. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's been, it's always good to to talk about something you've got experience with. But um, I wish I'd known about that. When I did do those, I took the um, Argentin 23 and I put it in a nebulizer. Mm-hmm. And through the COVID, when I was actually thinking I had it. Uh, I, I nebulized with it. So yes. just plain, I didn't put anything with it. So the that was a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, for nebulization, I do the same thing. You just take it right out of the bottle and inhale it through the nebulizer and to bring the lungs back to recovery health and oxygenate them, silver and oxygen are a strong affinity. So it's a wonderful tool. My producer who had a severe case of COVID eventually uh, was able to help navigate that uh, and not have to go in the hospital, thank God, because we know about those protocols. Uh, so he came through it. But, you know, when you talk about the long COVID issue and the fatigue issue, we will need to transition into copper today, if you don't mind, because th- that a, a lot related to energy production associated with long COVID will be mm-hmm. clearly, once we get through this, a deficiency of copper, and I'll show you how.
0: Okay. So, okay. Before we do that, which we can do in a second, um, there's one more question I wanted to ask you about the um, coital silver and... Well, let's. I actually forgot my train of thought, but uh, let's go right into copper things. Now I'm curious. Um, but can you use? I mean, do you think longhong should be using colloidal silver? Um, because well, it is in the gut. It is yeah, in anytime. the intestine. In the yeah, Donna, you re-
1: you did reference that the spike proteins end up everywhere, and that's true. Mm-hmm. And these are, if I, if I'm doing the math right on the measurement, they're like ten nanometers small. Right, they're just tiny. And there's not a lot that can successfully intervene. Even your own immune system is challenged to deal with this aberrant toxic protein, if you will. Uh, The good news is that the hydrosol form of silver has silver nanoparticles and and these ions that are measured on the nanoscale smaller than that, even like a nanometer and sometimes smaller. So the ability to efficiently neutralize these proteins, much less in a viral coat scenario, let's just say it was an entire uh, capsid structure that surrounds a, a, a virus the envelope, the protein envelope. In either case, the hydrosol provides the form of silver that can bind and denature the protein capsid structure that surrounds a virus and or penetrate the virus to bind to the DNA or RNA that would replicate, if you will, will cause that problem uh, to, to exacerbate by continuing to grow and, and, and uh, mm-hmm. grow is not the right word, but replicate is the right word. Uh, so, Uniquely situated is this form of silver colloid, the hydrosol, to neutralize these things everywhere. So if you know they're in the gut, even the the silver aloe protocol we just briefly mentioned can be delivering it down there to help address it there. Uh, So I would say a long answer to your short question about if people are dealing with long COVID and other things, should silver be used? Absolutely. Is it the only thing? No. And that's why we're going to have this discussion to see what else might be missing.
0: You know, once you have a DNA virus like uh, herpes, for example, Epstein Barr, uh, they are permanently in your body. They never go away. And now, it's, the good thing about COVID is, there's researchers all over the world looking at viruses like and chronic fatigue, because it's very it's almost the same thing, really. You know, that, uh, more than ever before, and all this amazing information is coming out. So, one of the things I, you know didn't know and stumbled on was that these viruses secrete a substance that keeps the immune system from being able to see it. So it's completely dark as far as the immune system goes. So when it comes back out, say your her- you have herpes outbreak again, which is what shingles is, um, then from chickenpox from years ago. Well, yeah. so then the, um, the, it can go, you know, stay in your body forever because it can't be seen by the immune system. So they don't really have any way of solving that problem.
1: It's pretty stealth, um, that's true. And
0: and then you had mentioned, uh, okay, so the spike protein can actually, because of the little spikes on it, can actually easily penetrate the cell. Mm -hmm. But then it has to uh, go through a process where a protease um, breaks apart things inside the cell so that it can grab hold of the uh, genetic
1: material material
0: that it needs. Yeah. So one of the things I did before I got on here was I was – Trying to look for that 3CPL protease inhibitor to see if an inhibitor would be what the colloidal silver could be. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking maybe, since I'm about to talk to Robert, maybe the uh, colloidal silver is, or maybe copper, I don't know, um, maybe they are these, it's called 3CL protease. And then you want the inhibitor to Mm -hmm. inhibit it from breaking apart the inside of the cells, so it can steal material, genetic material. So, so I couldn't find anything on it, but now I'm sure going to keep on looking because this is a huge area of, of research right now. Pfizer's trying to get an inhibitor. Uh, there are natural inhibitors like um, ivermectin, quercetin, zinc, um, but also, surprisingly, shiitake mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe colloidal silver is. I mean, just the way you're describing its mechanism, you know, how it works sounds to me that it might be doing that. So what do you, don't you think so?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've utilized the silver hydrosol for years with people with herpetic outbreaks uh, mm-hmm. and back right away and or prevent them from occurring. Uh, although I don't do that in a vacuum because I also look at another mineral, uh, selenium in particular, as the key mineral to prevent herpetic outbreaks because it's like birth control for viruses. It just stops them from being able to do anything to you. Well,
0: then then that's another CBL uh, inhibitor then. So that's yeah. very, very, very important to know. I hope if this sounds confusing to people, because we have a lot of practitioners, you know, that follow me and then a lot of people that are brand new. And so, you know, you can tell they kind of glaze over, but you can go back to listen to this another time or two. Yeah. And what I've noticed, if I don't understand something, I just replay it after I've heard it one or two more times, all of a sudden it's more clear what Robert just said, what we're talking about, is extremely important information. So I'm sure many, many, many millions of people, this is relevant for them. Now, yeah. do you, it's time to jump over to cover.
1: Well, the fatigue I, is, more, is okay. Go one, ahead. One more thing on the silver, just so it's clear for everybody, because I, I agree. I think this is so important to not, uh, you know, rush through. Uh, but it, don't have to, it doesn't take much more than that. I just want to reiterate that silver in its bioactive form in the body is what we call, we call it virostatic. That is, if it encounters a virus, it stops it from replicating. So if you're concerned about viral issues, the key for viral issues to be problem to you is viral replication. How does it do that? You've described it. We stop that with silver. And selenium stops that. And there are other things that we know of, but we don't need to wait for a big pharma drug, a protease inhibitor or anything like for that. Pfizer. We already yeah. have the tools, right? Yeah. <laughs> we do have the tools right now.
0: Wow such important information. I'm so glad we did this. I had no idea. And it coincides with everything I'm learning that I'm going to be bringing out for people, but it's really important information. Um, now. So, okay. So the, um, our, One of the things I want us to, if you would answer for us is mm-hmm. it's so confusing. Can you have too much copper? Because there's a book out there. And of course, you know, uh, Morley Robbins makes it sound like you have a ton of copper. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, You know, coppers, uh, I've read that copper, you can't accumulate too much because it's cleared by the body. But then years ago, when I started working with kids with autism, they had uh, always tested high in copper. Then a copper company that made liquid copper said to me, well, the the, ours works really well because um, it's getting the copper in the cells. The reason people have high levels of copper is because it's not actually getting into the cell. So um, it's very confusing, and I, I just kind of throw my hands up in the air and think I really don't know what to say anymore. I mean, the usual dosage is zinc to copper. There's a certain ratio. Right now, people are taking a ton of zinc because it is has been shown, for example, to help if you have COVID or mm-hmm. for long haulers, you know. But what about that ratio between the two? So, if in your answer you can kind of address all the all of that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, the zinc is important, but the overdoing zinc and even vitamin C in the absence of copper, it drives copper stores even lower. Uh, So we have to understand why that's important. and In fact, where we would get copper from in the diet before we begin to understand the toxicology, you know, the concern for can you get too much and, you know, what might happen. Uh, In all my years of, uh, you know, working with people as a homeopath, I've never encountered someone with uh, what I call it Wilson's disease, someone who has an inability to metabolize and excrete copper. Uh, And I think there's other metabolic issues there, but they still need copper or else they're going to die. I mean, we have metabolic processes that rely on copper. Uh, So the question Uh of a safe form that gets in and and even that person you talk to that says, hey, can it get in the cell or not? I mean, some of that could be marketing, but there is some level of truth to that. Even um, bad marketing, you know, probably borrows some stuff. Uh, But what I'll say, like with the autistic children or children with autism or even adults that have it. They tend to test high in copper, and I'll explain why. And this is where we get into misinterpretation of data or these analysis tests, blood levels, et cetera. Uh, Give you a classic example. If you have a cardiac event, a heart attack, mild or severe, and they test the blood shortly thereafter with even in weeks of it, and they'll test invariably very high in copper. Now, the wrong interpretation is, my gosh, they're, they're toxic in copper. Clearly, the copper contributed to the heart attack. We've got to really reduce your copper. That's a wrong interpretation. What's happening is copper is one of the most powerful systemic inflammation reducers and, and regenerators. In other words, st- uh, stimulating and managing regeneration, healing of tissue. And when you have a heart or cardiac event, there needs to be a, a, a massive triage, a dumping of, of stored copper from wherever it is into the blood to help heal the tissue that could result in your death if it's not healed, the cardiac tissue, the the heart and the vascular system. So we have high copper after an event like that, but it's not the cause of the heart event. It's a response. And in these children with autism, you can acknowledge this because you've seen it. They are dealing with systemic chronic inflammation, usually from mm-hmm. the gut on out due to a mm-hmm. lot of reasons. So to, to have and them- they have
0: yeast infections. gut
1: problems, and I would say those but are the top things they're dealing with. Testing them and finding they're high in copper is not unusual, but it isn't that they're copper toxic. Now, it's true because you know this. Many of them can't methylate and excrete copper or many metals very well at all. And there are all therein lies another issue as I come back to selenium deficiency. That's a big part of the methylation pathways, not having enough bioavailable forms of, of, of selenium because there's a lot of forms that are like rock that people take as supplements. It's not going to get in. Uh, so all of these things, I, I try to explore the relationships, which is when we talk about copper and we're sort of getting into it, Uh, I want you to understand why it's important on its own, but what it does in terms of interplay with all these other metabolic processes, including uh, mitochondrial production of ATP. We talk about long COVID chronic fatigue issues, how that could be arguably a significant copper deficiency issue, inflammatory pathways. I mean, the key for systemic cytokine uh, storm reduction without damaging the liver or the immune system is adequate copper copper manages cytokine storms systemically throughout the body. And a lot of what we see is due to pathogenic priming and or antibody-dependent enhancement due to the COVID jabs, whether it be mRNA or not, hyperstimulating and, and and aggressively triggering the immune system into overreact to the point of life and death. And that's when they resort to prednisone or methylprednisone and they shut down the immune response and they damage the liver. And it's like, Well, okay, you might have saved somebody's life temporarily, but what have you done long-term after that? And modern medicine, as much as they're smart about some things, they're really morons when it comes to other ways to manage this without having to end up in a crisis in a triage scenario. So copper plays a huge role in systemic inflammation reduction without harm to the liver or the immune system. And normally we would get a lot of copper from eating, for instance, liver but how many people do you know, Donna, that eat liver every day, every other day, once a week, once a month? It's like we've lost that kind Nobody
0: of... Nobody does. But yeah. you can take it as a supplement if you don't want it. And, you sure. know, beef yeah. liver has got much more higher levels than chicken liver does. Correct. But yeah. um, chicken liver has got very adequate levels of it, too, if you don't like beef liver. And, you know, I, I like beef liver, but I my mother used to eat it all the time. I thought it was gross. But I learned that if you cook it yeah. with a ton of... Um, onions, mm-hmm. make it sweet. Like um, right. this restaurant here in town um, puts um, a sweet vinegar in there. I didn't mm-hmm. think of the name of it. Um, but anyway, it, it is cooked off, whatever it is, and it's not sweet per se, right. but it just changes the taste completely. So it's really delicious. And I go there yeah. just to get the liver. Um, anyway, so I think it's partly, you know, correct. Find a way to cook it and do eat it or take the pills because you're right, it's a great source as long well, anyway, two things, like mm-hmm. what is the correct dose of selenium that you were talking okay. about and the form, the best okay. form?
1: So I, I defer to food wherever possible as a, our design was to get these minerals from food. The plants uptake it, whether we eat the plants or the animals that eat the plants, that if it's present, then we have a form that the body knows how to do it. Now we have to have functional digestion, right? We acknowledge that. Uh, And even in uh, the standpoint of good digestion, they estimate maybe 30 to 40% of dietary copper is ever absorbed. So it's not an efficient process, even if we're getting it. Are we talking about
0: dietary copper or are we
1: talking about selenium? Dietary copper. I apologize. I'm jumping back and forth. There's so much copper on my mind right now. But yes, in terms of the selenium as well, it's the same scenario of of what I talk about with copper. I have a, a, a slide that I show often in my presentations about the depletion of minerals in the soil. And I know you're aware of this. Um, selenium is tr- tremendously depleted. Like people would say, well, I just have a few Brazil nuts every three Brazil nuts and I get more than enough. I'm like, have you tested the Brazil nuts for selenium content? Because it's not like 70 years ago where you had rich soils and it's just so depleted, it's fractional and you don't even realize it because you're going off of old science. The modern re- evaluation of the soils is like it's not there. So supplementing becomes critical. But, you know, people will go buy sodium selenite, for instance, it's, a, it's like rock you know, and, and they kind of chelated. And so, I mean, these are things that uh, maybe you'll get a fraction of the benefit, but we're not designed to get minerals directly from rocks. (laughs) So it's inefficient. So I tend to uh, defer to whole hundred percent, whole food sources. That is companies that are innovative in terms of growing these minerals as nature does into a food matrix. So when you eat them, it's absorbable. Now you can't get high potency that way. That's the synthetic chemistry of man. So I do the 50-microgram tablets that I get from Innate Response Formulas. That's the brand I use. And I'm not brand loyal, Donna. I am product-specific loyal because there are there are formulas that mm-hmm. Innate does that I don't like because it's not really whole food, but there are others that are excellent. So I, I, just so you know and your audience knows – I don't make anything from this. I'm just telling you what I use clinically. And if I saw better success with something else, I'd switch, right? That's how mm-hmm. I am. Well, the
0: innate response, though, it's got – it's a selenium product or it's got uh, – the, partic-
1: yeah. the particular product is is called selenium. And, it, yes, it's mm-hmm. grown in a food matrix, and you have a oh, 50-microgram yeah. tablet. Now, I personally, mm-hmm. as a preventive maintenance, I try to take three tablets three times a day to get to 450. That's my baseline. Mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Reality, I get three, three, two, twice, twice a day. So I'm getting like uh, 300 micrograms a day. But mm-hmm. if somebody is in severe, uh, let's just say in the throes of a, a an COVID. Acute, well, COVID true, but yeah. also we talk about the uh, chickenpox virus, her perpetic, uh, manifestation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do probably four tablets every couple of hours to really ramp up that selenium significant. And a lot of doctors will freak out because they'll say selenium is toxic if you take too much. Well, that's true of anything. But when you have 100% whole food form, it's different from the synthetic isolates of man that can become toxic easily, although remedied by just stop taking it. It's not like it's going to kill you like mercury and other things. So, utilizing even a thousand micrograms, twelve hundred micrograms a day, while you're in the throes of it, and knocking it back quickly. In addition to the silver, you you can overcome those herpetic manifestations very rapidly. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't say homeopathy. That's my a big part of my background. Rustox. There are complex formulas for uh, herpetic outbreaks as well. So there are ways to succeed where modern medicine, with their drugs, even if they mean well, are going to be depleting and, de- and, and degenerative and pro-inflammatory ultimately, uh, we are nourishing the system and giving the selenium that's so critical for stopping viral replication issues and, and again, many immune issues. Uh, so, and then, then I relate it to the copper because copper and selenium, interestingly, work well together specific to cardiac events, uh, microvascular, capillary, veins. Cuprum metallicum is a homeopath I would prescribe for women, particularly with varicose veins. That was copper, back. Wait, wait,
0: wait, back up. That's a lot of women are listening. Say sure. it again, Cooper.
1: Cooperum <laughs> metallicum, which is the Latin name for copper.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So it was always indicated for varicosities. And uh, mm-hmm. now you come to find out as you study nutrition, selenium and copper work well together to prevent the varicose veins and protect the heart, the cardiac proteins, all of the things we're seeing with some of the COVID and COVID jab exposures, myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, cardiomyopathies, heart events. So again, we come back to selenium and copper in this case, uh, being critically uh, supportive of one another in its ability to protect us. And uh, again, when we talk selenium and immunity, selenium and viruses, um, there have been scientific peer-reviewed analyses. Back in the 90s, I was reading the literature as a homeopath going, what's, what's this with the e- Ebola that they say is going to kill us all, right? Mm-hmm. Turns out when they supplemented and restored selenium in the soils, Ebola went away, even in active oh, cases. Wow selenium alone and then i looked at the peer-reviewed literature when this covid thing hit and they found out that in areas of high selenium content in the soils of china there was literally no covid where selenium Uh, was depleted the most was the biggest manifestations of covid now in the middle of cities high pollution all of these deplete minerals including selenium so it makes sense Uh, although people say well no that's too simple it can't be that simple as a dude if you're lacking even one mineral a critical mineral all Bets Are off of what can happen in the body. And as we go further, if we have time into copper deficiencies, I'll show you how many manifestations of what we call COVID mirror identically to copper deficiency. And Morley wow. Roberts, I've interviewed many times, we've talked about this as well.
0: Oh, good. On your radio show, you've interviewed Morley. Like, can yeah, he's you can go back friend. and listen.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got mm-hmm. the archives of the Robert Scott Bell show going back many thousands of hours i can't even yeah think
0: that's okay so if you can type into the search and you can go find it sure so yeah. so i know you have your own garden Do, can you put selenium mm-hmm. in the soil to make your soil selenium rich
1: yeah i mean if you if you understand the the the, the presence of selenium for instance in in volcanic soils for uh, but you know there are other things in volcanic soils that could be problematic so it's it's a It's a fine line of how you do and replenish the soils. Things that are coming in the the fulvic and humic acid uh, history Mm -hmm. of some of these ancient peat bogs, that also facilitates that as well. Uh, Uh But yeah, finding out where selenium is present, it's in the soil in a lot of places and rocks and things, but who and what breaks that down? It's the microbiological life forms. It's the Mm -hmm. earthworms. It's all the things that chemical agriculture destroys. And so modern agriculture has destroyed the replenishment, the normal regenerative cycle of the soils so that those minerals that we use come back in and they keep coming back in that constant cycle. Uh, so part of it is we need to go back to our organic regenerative type of practices like you know Zach Bush, Dr. Bush has talked about for years as well. And many organic farmers know how important this is.
0: Well, I don't live in the city, so I'm for, unfortunately don't have a garden, but I have some plants outside my front door, a couple in my house. And um, every week when I'm watering or whatever, if it's dry more often, I literally put into the water humic fulvic acids. We, we, we sell them under the, you know, ours is, ours are called ancient earth minerals. Nice. It, and I've given bottles away. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a little something this morning too. Um, so, and I've given them away to people, but I have incredible looking plants. Like they're beyond belief that yeah. they're a beautiful green and they grow really fast. And let's say I forget. And then I come back and, you know, some little leaf is over there looking kind of wilted and like it's turning brown or some insect got it. You just, I mean, it just pops back so fast. So, you know, I always think about that. I think, gosh, if it does that to the plant, what's it doing to me? It's just a mineral. And so I understand now better why it works. Well, you know, so... So, you said, so, oh, yeah, I just want to throw this in too. So, selenium is actually a critical yeah. uh, mineral for the thyroid. And for the thyroid, you have energy. So, um, we, you were talking about COVID and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, excuse me, copper and energy, because yeah. COVID, COVID is fatigue is the number one symptom, everybody with COVID. And by the way, you mentioned Ebola. After Ebola, there were millions of people who. Were long haulers so this is not a brand new phenomenon that's been around anytime there's been a ter- even the epidemic and uh, the flu in 1918 I think it was uh, they had people all over the world that were long haulers even back then so it's not brand new nope. but um, it's good that it, that now there's so much research and people learning about it it's not it's gonna never be the same again but nope. energy is the number one issue. So, uh, do you want to jump into copper or you want to keep going? We can go back that. and forth anytime you want. I don't want to. confuse I'm anybody. I'm constantly talking with my hands. I'm thinking, stop that. That's us. good. You have an I'm Italian, Italian. root. Yes.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: My dad, you know, his mom and his parents came from Italy. It you could know, be so. Jewish
1: roots, too. You, know, you know, we all talk with our hands and things. So I'm, I'm a, I get excited like that, too. It's, yeah, uh, I
0: almost I can't myself. talk with my like, hands. Like, what are you doing do what do
1: you do with your hands? trying to so, sit uh, on him. I'm glad that we got Let's go. Movement is life. So uh, I just want to reiterate the high level of inflow of zinc, which is important, and vitamin C, which can be important. In the absence of copper, it drives copper stores down because in nature, zinc occurs with copper. And vitamin C is not just ascorbic acid. It, there are many cofactors and in minerals, including copper. So um, recognize we've been depleting it. It's depleted in the soils. Uh, we're not replenishing it because we're not eating the things that are copper rich, and even the copper rich things aren't. Unfortunately, copper-rich as they were. So let's look at another uh, mineral combination pathway in terms of energy. When we look at the uh, mitochondrial production of adenosine triphosphate, the conversion of ADP to ATP, it requires minerals. And the two we know of that are most critical, we know of one and we use one regularly. The other one, people are like, what? First, magnesium. Magnesium is not a foreign thing. People aren't afraid of magnesium. Everybody is taking magnesium or using it topically, whatever. Great. Great. But in the absence of copper, it's magnesium with copper that is critical for that ATP production. So the copper depletion leaves us kind of hampered in terms of an easy way that we would normally generate energy within the cell, within the mitochondria. Uh, Again, so copper-magnesium here is the relationship I want everybody to know about. It's not only about one thing, but the absence of one thing is significant. So the biggest thing when we start using, uh, and this is the form of copper I'm recommending now to get people started, it's the... Same company that makes the Argentin 23. This oh, is yeah, the bio, I love bio- like that. Hydrosol, Sovereign Copper. See, I and, have
0: that, but I don't know how to use it. So I'm yeah. glad so you're we'll, telling me this.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about this now. So we take a tablespoon, which is 15 ml or you know, a tablespoon, uh, three times a day. And it's only 50% of the adult RDI recommended daily intake, which is very low, 450 micrograms. It's half mm-hmm. of the 900 We know that we could probably use more than that, but the forms of copper out there are so inefficient that we have to take a lot more to get the little benefit that we are trying to get, absorption other issues. So taking a small amount of a bioactive and bioavailable form is far superior, so you never risk taking too much. We could take a lot more if we needed, but even three tablespoons a day is enough to people within a few days will often report where that energy I have got all this energy. Where's this come from? Is there caffeine in that? No, there's not. It's facilitating that pathway that is so critically dependent on copper and magnesium. You had plenty of magnesium, most people. Uh, and if not, take some, but by all, by all means, get that copper in you and you can see the breaking, the cycle of the long COVID. And this is pr- prior to long COVID, of course, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, all of these things reference mitochondrial production inefficiencies in ATP production. And had we known that copper... Yet selenium and copper are the two most feared things, according to the doctors. They try to say, oh, don't take too much selenium. Oh, don't take too much copper. These two critical minerals, if we were taking them, we wouldn't need the doctors. Maybe there's a clue there as to why that happens.
0: <laughs> well, can you nebulize the, um, that's why I bought it. I thought, I'm yeah. just trying nebulizing this, can, but sure. I didn't do, can I do it? Could you put it in a nebulizer?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you, you can utilize I didn't it. notice anything. I tried it. Yeah. I thought you, you, the silver smart. Silver works. and copper are very complementary. They can work independent of each other. They can work well together. So there's no contraindication. And this copper has a small percentage of silver in it. It's a, mm-hmm. for stable, stability. So it has that integrity throughout the life cycle of it. And we utilize both uh, for nebulizing. It, it's a very powerful oxygenator. Remember, the ability for the body to use iron is completely mm-hmm. dependent upon copper. Without copper, we can't utilize the oxygen-carrying capacity of iron. It becomes a dangerous oxidant. It, it rusts, you know, and it becomes a, an inflammatory element in the iron. And, in fact, 99.9% or more of anemia diagnoses are wrongly determined to be iron deficiency when, in fact, they are copper deficiency. You, st- you suddenly yeah. get copper in and all that iron is like it's always been there, but you couldn't use it, and now you can. So oxygen-carrying capacity and, and even blood Factors regarding coagulation, healthy normal coagulation is dependent on copper as well.
0: Huh. well what about the mitochondria? I mean they need oxygen and water to work so yes. it's, it's it's essential copper is also essential for mitochondria, which is also Correct. energy
1: yeah, and again and the, the relationship tr- to oxygen is profound. Uh, So we know that copper and silver does as well. So we have an oxygenation capacity and remember it also systemic inflammation reducer, which is what is that going to do throughout the body? It's going to conserve energy. You know how much energy it takes for you to be in inflammation all of the time. No wonder why you're tired. All of that energy is being produced and it's not going to movement and healing and regrowth of regeneration. It's going into triage. How do we deal with all of this? And so what we can do is put the body back on a state of, relaxation so it can growth and heal, like Bruce Lipton talks about, grow and heal. Uh, and copper is the mineral that we're missing to get back into that state because we're always in chronic inflammation. Copper systemically reduces that without harming the liver. In fact, enhances phase one liver detox processes.
0: Mm-hmm. It's important. Especially yeah. right now, uh, it's on all over the news about the Canadian wildfires are polluting cities in New York and all the way across the Midwest and everything. And oh, yeah. everybody's got an email coming about what to do about it.
1: I would be Just doing intranasal an, silver and copper and, and nebulizing for sure.
0: Yeah, and protecting the lungs by doing that, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: You know, you I have, um, you know, in my mm-hmm. antiviral pro- protocol, it's about it's a diet and it's about how to eat when you have viruses. And one of the foods that's so f- two of two foods that are absolutely fantastic are miso soup. It's very antiviral and very safe. It's a protein that gives you protein, but it's very safe and doesn't, you know, activate the ir- virus. But also, the other thing is shiitake mushrooms. So a great thing you can do is take a uh, make a like a uh, what you call it, like a broth. Yeah. Uh, you can put in a strip of um, kombu, which is very mineral rich. It's a sea vegetable, flat, wide sea vegetables you can buy anywhere at a health food store. And you put in a strip of that and boil that with some dried shiitake mushrooms, and then that becomes your broth to dissolve your miso paste into. And then you fill up more broth and drink that. Well, it's incredibly it into viral to do that. And I'm beginning to uh, understand more about why it works so well, just from us talking here.
1: Miso soup is like Asian chicken soup, or if we were Jewish in Asia, we'd be doing miso soup. Uh, I think it's better actually. Probably. I, I love it, it. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it's actually healthier than uh, chicken soup because it has some problems like Well, I I wanted to mention collagen because collagen is, like, super, super hot now. Everywhere you go, you see people selling it. There's, like, unbelievable amounts of it in the stores. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet... Uh, collagen has been shown to raise oxalates, le- oxalate levels too. Yep. So I'm, I'm kind I'm sensitive to that myself. So I, I don't do a bunch of collagen. A little Once bit again, yes.
1: Collagen in the absence of copper becomes problematic and not efficient. Copper activates, mm. makes it fully engaged, and of course addresses the oxidative stress because it's critical for the production of S- SOD, the superoxide dismutase. You know, a powerful uh-huh. antioxidant endogenous production, it's copper dependent as well. And uh, it's just fascinating, this journey. For those of you who understand why people are so uh, thrilled about collagen, it's because, you know, skin health, for instance, and they don't want to wrinkle Mm -hmm. early. Well, copper is the key mineral if you don't want to wrinkle before you need to wrinkle or maybe ever. And uh, that usually gets their attention.
0: So um, vitamin C, copper, proline, lysine, those are uh, that's how we do have beautiful skin and wrinkle free. And you don't really have to take us. Co- yeah, actual collagen you can do it yes, that way I too agree.
1: by the way the uh shiitake mushrooms are another source of dietary copper
0: yes yeah, so that's what made me think of it. it is it's an excellent source and there's not um like you said you know maybe people don't like oysters either or they're kind of hard
1: to get they're great polluted but... sea seashores. you know where you get it from it's problematic oh, yeah. as well i acknowledge that yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah so it's not that easy to get it so that's good so tell so the uh, so innate response has the,
1: the selenium, selenium. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: but the, so some people won't see this video. So would you say the name of the copper that you think is best?
1: Yeah. Sovereign copper, bioactive mm-hmm. copper hydrosol. It's a liquid and it tastes like water for the most part. A tablespoon, one, two or three times a day is uh adequate and more than adequate uh, you can take safely more if you took six a day you've reached rdi but it's so efficient you don't need to take that much sovereign copper and uh you know at robertscottbell.com i don't sell anything but i have links to it to help people find it easily however mm-hmm. you get it. okay good uh, and uh, you can com, yeah
0: perfect so um yeah so uh oh now Bone fractures. I did a great podcast with a woman and we on osteoporosis, osteopenia. It doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. About how the DEXA scan that women are sent all the time to get and then are told they have osteoporosis. They It was just a great interview because DEXA scans are very flawed. They don't really uh, give you accurate information at all. There are better ways to test. But isn't copper involved in bone health?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, tremendously so. And here's again the copper zinc relationship everybody needs to understand. You take too much zinc, you can have bone spurs mm-hmm. that develop because zinc is like a, a carpenter on a job site with no general contractor. It'll build whatever the heck mm-hmm. it wants to build. Copper is the general contractor that says, whoa, whoa, zinc, this is what we need you to do. Nothing more. And so zinc is critical for regeneration, but in the absence of copper, it's aberrant. It's, it's not appropriate. So zinc and copper, zinc needs copper in order to do its job in regeneration. So they're both critical. And of course, one of the other minerals we haven't mentioned is silica or silicon mm-hmm. uh, that I also recommend in food form too. And that you know, plays a role in a connective tissue. A lot of these things, magnesium plays a role, all of these things do, but some are more critically deficient than others. That's why we're spending some extra time on, for instance, copper because it's the overlooked mineral or the feared mineral improperly. Mm So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, just not enough understanding at all, and so people avoid it. You know, they—they're it's not going to be on their list of things they're taking. But um, so, I was just going to ask another question about. Let's see, would say that again. I've already forgot. My question popped into my head, and you were saying. um,
1: Well, we're talking about relationships. Selenium, selenium. Uh, silica, yeah. different minerals, silica. Not like right only one, silica. one is important. They're all important, but some are more critical mm-hmm. because of the deficiencies in others. And they impact so many metabolic pathways that you go, copper is like a miracle. Well, yeah, the absence of copper is a disaster. So if you have it in, suddenly a lot of things work again. That doesn't mean you don't need other things. And, and when we talk about skin health, think about the wondrous thing called the sun. And we've been taught in our generation, Donna, to fear the sun, slather yourself with toxic chemicals so you don't get any sun. You don't want to get cancer. The sun doesn't cause cancer. The lack of minerals like selenium, but in this case, copper, can create a scenario where you can hardly tolerate any sun exposure before you burn. Having adequate copper stores allows you to be in the sun for prolonged periods of time without burning, so you can produce that vitamin D that's so critical for many functions. And again, we talked about the wrinkling, prevention of wrinkling, prevention of chromosomal damage to excess UV radiation. Copper is extraordinarily protective in this instance, as well as selenium. But again, I, I bring that up because oftentimes they don't listen to us until we talk about, you know, the wrinkles. Oh, wrinkles, right? Well, you want nice color hair that's not gray too soon. Yeah. That's copper. Say as well. Copper
0: for, for gray hair too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> going to start definitely putting copper in their diet, but taking it as a supplement. But what about the silica? Because that is this great mineral. And it's, you know, where do you find that? I know Jaro has that little teeny tiny bottle. Um, with drops in it, but um, what do you do?
1: You take silica yourself, or I get do. It I, I take um, usually a couple of t- tablets of this Alta Health Products. are out of Idaho, a small family business that's been doing it the same way for generations. They're not the sexy latest, greatest technological breakthrough, but sometimes you don't need that. You need the food form, and what they've done is taken uh, the uh, basically from the tea made from the horsetail. And isolated the food form of silica, because if you ate a lot of horsetail or extract like that, there's some other things that are sort of toxic that you don't want. So Mm. they found a way to process this. So it comes in like a food and they tablet it. And then I can take three, four times a day in the loading phase for people that have connective tissue disorders that are very severe. Uh, and even cancer, when you think about that, is a weakness of the connective tissue, that's where you you don't die of the cancer, you die it when it metastasizes. That means spreads all over the body. Having strong connective tissue protects you against metastasis should you have cancer. It'll keep it in, entombed, if you will, in its own little space so you can deal with it uh, more efficiently there. So the Alta Health product Silica is a form that, again, I'm not brand-specific loyal, but it's specific product loyal that... If I, if I found a better one, I'd work with it, but it's a food form, tableted form that I can take. A lot of people are into the liquid kinds of silica, but you can't get as much, even though it seems like you would be able to. I guess you can go out if you can get a colloidal silica, but I haven't seen one that's really that efficient, honestly. So this food form is what I recommend for the loading phase, three tablets, four times a day, but I'm on a pretty much maintenance. I'll try to do two, three times a day, you know, six tablets a day, and it's wonderful to strengthen connective tissue along with the copper and other things.
0: Well, um, yeah, I have a big bottle of vasilica in my pantry. I mm-hmm. go through spells where I would take it and not, but, um, so give that a dose again. Um, if you really need it, you're starting off, you haven't had it. So yeah, the loading
1: phase, and this is true Mm -hmm. when we were talking about osteoporosis, true osteoporosis are mineral deficiencies and, um, that includes Mm -hmm. copper, but the most overlooked mineral is typically silica, even though women will take it for skin, hair and nails, sort of like copper, but Mm -hmm. it's deeper than Mm -hmm. that, all connective tissue. And I will do three tablets four times a day for about a month and then reassess you know, within a couple of months, if you're on a good regimen of this, you can retest for the so-called osteopenia and osteoporosis. It it reversed in my mom. Um, This was like 10 years ago. They told her, oh, osteopenia. I'm like, mom, here, we need to get you on the the loading phase of the the silica. If you want calcium, make sure it's a food form because we are Mm -hmm. overdoing calcium. uh, Mm -hmm. Whereas we can look at these other minerals like magnesium that are beneficial and I really see that the osteopenia osteoporosis is really silicon deficiency and copper deficiency more than anything else. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. That's so important. And and so one thing, too, in all my research on osteoporosis and talking to Dr. Brown on my podcast, she makes it really, really clear that um, fractures just happen. Like, you know, you can be bending over at your desk yeah. and suddenly get a fracture. Mm-hmm. And they're not, mess- and they can happen to anybody, even if they don't have osteoporosis. So, you know, that's probably why. They don't really have full, you know, diagnosed osteoporosis, but they're getting these fractures all over. And And fractures can heal. So this no. is probably the way to do it. So this is really important information. There is so, you said so much Robert this is definitely a podcast you can have to like uh, listen to constantly let me look at my um
1: oh and remember uh, homeopathic symphytum for fractures that's uh, symphytum which is the homeopathic form of comfrey comfrey which you can a lot of people can grow it grows really well where i am uh, but comfrey you can use as a poultice over the area of injury and homeopathic comfrey which is symphytum can also accelerate the recovery and integrity uh, should there be a bone breaker fracture
0: well, well, say, would you spell that? I never heard of that before. Sim- Symphytum,
1: S Y M P H Y T U M, Symphytum, and that's a Latin name for simphitum. comfrey. It's also oh, known comfrey. as knit bone or bone set. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Oh, that's so great. So when people are using Up, I forgot. It's also your specialty. <laughs> so into copper and stuff. But um, can you? Well, how do you know how much of that to use? And and by the way, I never really got into homeopathy because I couldn't tell if it was working or not. And, you know, it's such a gentle thing. Um, But uh, there is a couple of them, like there's a, a one called histaminum uh, homeopathic that I found is excellent. If you're having a histamine reaction, it works very quickly. Then I started thinking, well, maybe homeopathy is a good thing. I just don't know how to use it. Right. So now in this case, um for the bones. Like yeah. how much of the synphytum would you synfitum. use?
1: Well, there there's somewhat there's great controversy and disagreement about how much a homeopaths argue with homeopaths all the time, right? Uh, I tend to start with lower potencies or attenuations, like a 10X, a 12X, 12C, -hmm. and utilize it daily through recovery, one, two, or three times a day. Some people insist on just doing a high potency, you know, a 30C, and that's not even a high potency, a 200, or they get into the M potencies, 50LMs and things. I don't really... I don't like to engage in the argument. I just say, look, if you succeed clinically with any one of those, I'm happy for you. If I have success clinically doing this, I'm going to talk about this. If somebody else says, hey, I succeeded, mm-hmm. who am I to argue with your clinical success? So bottom line is getting the remedy in you and the right potency can be argued. So whatever you can access, start there, especially in recovery from a, a break or a fracture to accelerate recovery of that tissue. And yes, you can use the herbal form of a comfrey topically as a poultice, or you can actually take the leaves and dry them and, and cr- create a, a beautiful, rich mineral tincture. They're like a superfood you can drink even. But I'm thinking in terms of reacting or responding to an injury like the uh, the fractures. No.
0: Hmm. Well, that's the thing that's complicated about homeopathy. As you go into the health food store and they've got 6X and 200 and a C and everything like it's yeah. really complicated. So so are you saying that a 10X mm-hmm. is weaker, not as potent, let's say, as a
1: 200-something? Yeah, like? it's considered in terms of potency. I like to think in terms of attenuation because it, what we think of as potency is stronger versus weaker. And if you have a 10X, you have the original substance diluted through a serial dilution succussion process shaking and diluting uh, to a one part per 10 billion. So there's stuff there. You can measure it. It's not much. You go to a 200, now you have succussed and diluted beyond the number of Avogadro, which if you remember from high school chemistry, is that point where they say there are no molecules left of the original stuff. Now with uh, nanotechnology we have, we can detect even at ridiculously dilutions that there's kind of elements still there, but fractionally there. Although homeopaths would argue, hey, it's the energy that the, the continued succussion and dilution is. That's why they say it's stronger even though there's less or nothing of the original substance. That's why it's so confusing because a higher number, you think it's stronger because there's more stuff. That's allopathic medicine. No, it considered stronger because the energetics of it, but not because there's more stuff. So we're dealing Mm -hmm. counterintuitively with a non-material type of medicine or remedy, as opposed to the reductionist viewpoint of our Western mindset. Even though homeopathy was born of Western medicine, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann in Germany, it's Mm -hmm. still far afield for most people to conceive of how would it do anything because it's not there. Mm
0: -hmm. I know exactly. Including me. So um how much would you suggest, okay, by the way, I want to say women are more likely to get osteoporosis, but men can get it too, yeah. especially as we get older. And then, of course, that classic thing you hear all the time, here's this 80-year-old woman, she falls, she breaks her hip, and she dies. Mm-hmm. So this is such an easy way to build bone strength, prevent right. fractures and all. I, I love this idea. But how much would you say, um, what would you recommend someone just start taking? Do they just start with the, the 10 um 10X to begin with or start
1: off with the 200? 12C. I mean, I I typically, I mean, an acute reaction response, whatever you can get. I don't care what it is, a 200, a 30, a 10, whatever, get it, get on it. If you're doing a long-term recovery gently, but accelerating it, you know, go with the lower attenuation. That's my experience. Again, I know there'll be people disagreeing with me. That's Okay. But Mm -hmm. get the right remedy. I can argue the right remedy all day. You argue the right potency. Now you're just arguing, you know, this is my experience. This is your experience. We don't have any clinical data to show, oh, definitively, this potency is better than this, right? There's also, Mm -hmm. you know, very unique attributes associated. But suffice it to say, if you have those minerals in you, you might not get the break in the first place. My mom, who you've met over the years, she's now 89. and. uh she, I don't know, some years ago, she tripped and fell and bruised the whole side of her body. I mean, like a classic, it would have been a hip break. And she's mm. she's on the silica. We're doing the copper. She's doing the good things. She's eating clean. There was no break at all. I mean, she is strong. She's you know, dancing again. So uh, the ability, again, use it or lose it kind of thing as well. I'm not saying go out and run a marathon, but build the minerals back in and use your your, your, your skeletal structure. I remember when uh, I was a swimmer; that was my athletic endeavor because I, you know, I had I had weakness in my skeletal system. And by the
0: <laughs> way, that's not supposed to be a good exercise for osteoporosis your because you're just floating. You know, you're yep. not.
1: It's not. It, there's not any contact that helps to strengthen it. So mm-hmm. you know, I had a, a, a an accident when I was doing um, free diving off the coast of Florida, and I just could breath hold for minutes. I was a fish up, down, up, down. And I ended up damaging my eustachians and it caused me to have inflammation and infections that I take years to resolve. So I had to take up a land activity. My wife was kickboxing at the time. She says, why don't you take up boxing? I'm like, I never considered it. And, <laughs> and after a, you know, a few months of boxing, I, I felt the, the clavicle, you know, the, the collarbone. I mm-hmm. grabbed it. I don't know what I was like, what is it? I'm like, holy tamale!" It used to be really tiny and it had grown. I had built as an adult in my forties at the time. Now I'm in my fifties had built significantly muscle. Uh, 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 let's say uh, cells continue to build. I had a structure, a skeletal structure. I felt like, you know, the Wolverine from X-Men I'm like, dude, wow, where did that come from? Amazing. So using that gravity that we're meant to interact with, I'm not saying swimming is a bad sport. I mean, it's in a great, athletic oh, no, no. great. You, are not getting, you are not getting that kind of, you know, the needed stress not to the point of breaking but the needed stress of having some kind of contact with the with the earth and that, that shakes it a little bit mm-hmm. that strengthens the skeletal system in combination with the minerals that's why my mom could fall and not break anything just bruise mm-hmm. up and i and again she's classic age that that what you described would happen oh,
0: yeah 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 very likely well can you use the homeopathic remedies with other supplements like there's Uh, Algae cow, for example, is good for bones and cystic is another herb that's good for bones. And just a whole bunch of things really that you can be taking. Of course, vitamin D and vitamin K is a must. People don't realize because they always say vitamin D that you've got to have vitamin A to get the D working. Um, So there's a bunch of things uh, that you could be taking, should even be taking. But you wouldn't rely just on the homeopathic by itself, right? Because your mom's doing...
1: Exactly. I mean, we're, we're physical beings. We need physical substance. Uh, I know we're spiritual beings inhabiting the physical body, but what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that we're nourishing that physical temple that we're in. Uh, mm-hmm. It needs those things to, be, to have integrity, to have structural mm-hmm. integrity, and that, of course, function extends from that. So the homeopathic can be utilized prophylactically, but it's not really typically done that way. You usually are reactive, like you, you fall, you mm-hmm. injure you bruise, you take Arnica. You know, mm-hmm. if you know you're going in for a surgery that's going to cause an assault and an acute, you know, injury, then you could take arnica prophylactically in advance and/or silver. There are other things that can be done, but normally it's a reactive. You go, oh, I need this because this is indicating this remedy, and there are many more than we could ever cover in in a you know short podcast interview. Even though we've covered a lot today, Don, I hope it's not overwhelming. I I so they need ar- to go
0: to the website. Yeah, it's amazing how much. And I never, I was thinking all day, what can we talk about? And I'm going to talk about silver, and then we'll go into, uh, we'll start with copper, we'll go into silver. Of course, we flipped that, but never we did I have an we idea we'd get all this information
1: out. And this will blow your mind. We didn't even get into nitric oxide, did we?
0: No, I know what that is. And I know it's fantastic for the immune system and for, you know, circulation and everything. Do we, before we jump into that, though, yeah. I'd be in, let's go back to copper and the hydrosol copper. Um, <clears throat> can you you use silver and copper for ear infections? Just because I'm sure there's some people, there were little children with ear infections yeah. or yeah. maybe COVID people have ear infections. I'm not
1: sure. I'm no, silver the is, of- is the most potent antimicrobial in terms of bacteria and fungal species. Yes, and we talked about stopping viruses if that's the issue. Copper mm-hmm. shares some of those properties. It has antimicrobial properties. It's not as potent in terms of antiviral as the, as the silver is, but they share a lot of antimicrobial properties. Copper is a little bit more potent in terms of anti-yeast, interestingly enough, and where Mm -hmm. silver leaves off, because silver is also anti-yeast and and fungal, but copper Mm -hmm. is even more potent there. But where silver leaves off is now the parasites. Copper is the most potent anti-parasitic substance in in creation. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting, too, when we go back to the COVID discussion, what were the two most successful drug interventions? Ivermectin Mm -hmm. and hydroxychloroquine, both anti-parasitics.
0: Exactly, yeah. And once wow, again, that is drove amazing.
1: copper so low that could we have really driven the copper up and mitigated even the use for those safer forms of medications that uh, I'm trying to not use drugs at all, even those, even though I know they're safe relative to other drugs. So copper plays right into that success story, but the absence of it, again, manifested many symptoms that we call COVID that could have been COVID that were made worse in the absence of copper. Uh, once again. So uh, I think it's another fascinating aspect of copper's journey that we've abandoned and we need to re embrace.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have an article on my website um, on Marcon's, which is staph infection in the nose. Yes. But, you know, you get infections in your nose, it's going to affect your ear. But do you think mm-hmm. if you put something in your nose or your ear yeah. uh, for an infection, do you think that it goes down that ear canal? and? You know, can it go that way? Do, well, the, the do ear, you nose, nose, and throat are,
1: are all connected, and that's why mm-hmm. when when somebody has an ear issue, I'll say, "Yeah, drop the silver in the ear," but mm-hmm. I would have you intranasally introduce and gargle because it's of the ear, nose, and throat. Mm-hmm. That's why they mm-hmm. all connected. So mm-hmm. a lot of times if you can nail it one place. Oh, it goes somewhere else. Hit it from all three angles, and then you'll succeed all the way. Uh, by the way, mm. if you have an infant with an earache or an ear infection, yes, you can fill the ear canal with the silver, but the homeopathic remedy is capsicum for infants with ear infections and earaches. Mm. Capsicum you like know, red pepper, right? Cayenne pepper, right? But in ahead, homeopathic yeah. form, you're going to give it to them in orally homeopathic form. And that I've, I've witnessed a, an infant with an earache, you see the redness and the pulling at the ear dissipate in minutes, mm-hmm. how fast it can work for an infant. Oh, wow.
0: That's great because the first thing a parent does, so they don't know what to do. They go and get an antibiotic, which exactly. starts to wipe out their microbiome if they had one to begin right. with. So that's great information. Great. Well, nitric oxide.
1: Sure. And here's the interesting thing because we think vascular, which is important, the endothelial lining of the of vasculature, which covers square miles, a lot of area. In fact, all of the endothelial tissue of the body, if you opened it up, it would cover six tennis courts. Think about that. And one little body, including your little body, Donna. That's how much surface area we have of endothelial tissue. And if that endothelial tissue is not in integrity, in other words, if it's inflamed and injured, that's the process of you know, the degradation or the restriction of flow. But when the blood is healthy, when the vasculature is healthy, that movement of the blood over the endothelial lining produces nitric oxide, which, as you know, is a powerful antioxidant, uh, and it has so many other cell signaling, modulating uh, capacities and properties. It's an amazing thing. But when we look to stimulate nitric oxide production or introduce it from external sources, we'll have a temporary burst of nitric oxide, a short burst. <clears throat> what happens also is, unfortunately, a corresponding rise of peroxynitrite, which is a very harmful mm-hmm. oxidator, if you will, oxidative mm-hmm. stress, causing Uh, damage and inflammation. So you have this good thing and this thing that's not so good. Um, The formulation I've integrated into my life the last couple of years after a lot of analysis and research and then putting it to the test is this thing called Cardio Miracle, which is a a comprehensive food formulation that facilitates a sustained rise of nitric oxide, which means increased blood flow and all of that. And Mm -hmm. it counteracts the rise of peroxynitrite through food nutrients. And that way, you have the benefit without the detriment and not a spike, but a sustained, uh, let's say, production of nitric oxide, which, of course, d- diminishes over our age life, our age, age span. Uh, now, huh. we have to facilitate the blood flow that I have now at 57. I'm in the kickboxing gym, and I'm going to win the challenge of the week this week at 57. I'm, I'm competing against 30-somethings and 20-somethings. I'm like the blood You're flow. You're so still oh, kickboxing? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. yeah. yeah wow. the oxygenation, the ease with which my body can deliver everything through the vasculature because of this is so amazing. I'm looking at, you know, you watch your heart rate on the monitor. It shows you where you are, what zone you're in. The challenge mm-hmm. for my trainers is to get me into the yellow zone. In the meantime, there are people huffing and puffing, putting out less effort than me. They're in the red zone because the inefficiency of the vasculature, and of course, that impacts even the bone. You know, the, the blood has to feed the bone, too. And that's a hard area because there's not as much vasculature. So the opening of that facilitates the strengthening of everything. And then we come back to vitamin D because you mentioned that, vitamin D exposure. And people take a lot of vitamin D. And my concern for that is it's a fat-soluble complex hormone. It's not just like a simple water-soluble complex or C or something. And and I see people not being able to utilize the D and benefiting by it. So it bioaccumulates and it's stuck in the fat cell, for instance. This formulation, this cardio miracle facilitates the activation of the store D. So suddenly all the efficiency you didn't have now in utilizing the D comes back online. And I know you mentioned other things that can help there, but that's present in this comprehensive food formula. So it's become a daily regimen for me to start my day with that cardio miracle for the nitric oxide and all the other side benefits, including enhancing cellular autophagy, autophagy Mm -hmm. processes, which is usually stimulated by fasting. Now we can enhance mm-hmm. it or even if you don't fast, get the benefit of uh, enhanced autophagy as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And sleeping too, autophagy. And so, in this formula, yeah,
1: um,
0: do you take it? Do you take a bunch of other things too with it, or is no? I just like put it in water,
1: uh, and I. Oh I knew, yeah, I was
0: going to say, what form is it? I, I have transfer?
1: the Echo water, so I have molecular hydrogen water, which is amazing. And then mm-hmm. I just add the, the the scoop of Cardio Miracle in the morning, just to water. That's it. Before I go to hit my uh, kickboxing workout, I'm like. It's amazing. I mean, honestly, I mean, and I I started in good shape. That's probably why I was reluctant to try it because I'm like, you know, why do I need this? Right. I'm, I'm all right. I'm eating organic. You know, my gut's good. I recovered from so much and I'm like feeling good. I don't want to be cocky or anything, but then I started seeing it work in other things. And I analyzed the science on it where it was peer reviewed and published. I'm like, dude, this is very impressive. Okay. I'll try it. And I was like, holy to moly, where I was struggling, you know, in the red or the yellow. Now I'm like the efficiency of wow. the, the vascular trouble, something that I, can't, I couldn't argue against. So in my own body, I put it to the test. I'm like, yeah, I can recommend this wholeheartedly. And you can connect with them if you want, Donna. And uh, they're, they're wonderful people. And they've been very supportive of, on freedom issues. They really believe in the goodness of America, you know, and, and there's good sides mm-hmm. that we recognize in America. We haven't always lived up to our high ideals but I'm not willing to abandon the freedom that we have here, even though it's diminished, where else can we go? So I, I, that's part of it. I want to be healthy enough to keep these kids and these grandkids one day to understand the importance of having the freedom to do the things we love to do. So part of it is being yeah. healthy.
0: You know, I have grandkids now and uh, it's 77. And so grown up other kids and a new baby, even you heard him in the background at the beginning, but um yeah, I do. I look at them and they're so amazing. They're, they're, they're different from other generations. Like they're, they're real peaceful, the way they get along with each other and super smart. I You know, like like my little grandkids were in school at the year and a half. And I'm thinking, seriously? Why would you do that? But they were ready, believe it or not. And uh, they have a lot of wisdom for their age. So I I agree with you. I look at them and I think... What kind of world are they going to have? How can I protect them? Because actually how I got started all along was I had two little kids that are now 50 and 40-something. And um, one of them, I don't know which one, spilled this orange drink on this carpet that had a lot of white in it. And I rushed over to get it up. It never came up. So I thought, what the hell am I feeding these kids? And that was the beginning of me find, trying to find out what is good and what is not. You know, I tried to raise them as best I could. They did rebel, but um, they're gotten better as they got older. But um, same thing with the little grandkids, too. So, you know, it's just a screwed up world, and it's just like swimming upstream all the time. I don't know. But I will say, as the beginning of the baby boomer generation, it was a very different world. And it's just such a contrast to where we are today with so many Things being pushed on us, especially by the media. I think the media is just
1: evil. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. They were and, unless a it's a show like yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the, well, the media was captured so long ago to promote an agenda that is not empowering. As you know, it's enslaving. And uh, we've had to grow up and see through it. And more obviously in the COVID few years we've just been through, it's become obvious to more people than ever. And so you're right. We have become the new media. I started my broadcast in Atlanta in 1999 uh, and achieved things that weren't supposed to be possible communicating things before they were outright suppressing and censoring like in the COVID years, even though there were certainly opposition to my message. And I talked about vaccines back then that they were like outraged that I would say things like that. But my kids have never been vaccinated, 23 and almost, uh, almost 18. And they've never had an antibiotic. I mean, it's quite different than the way I was raised and my wife was raised. We were chronically ill because of medicine. And we protected yeah. them from medicine, and they're healthier than we ever were. So the help, uh, the help that we've been able to give them because of our journey and lack of health, mm-hmm. you know, you've been motivated to so. How do we recover? We've been able to help others through our hardship so that they may not have to suffer the same way. And I've given the opportunity to these kids, and I tell them, you know, we're all organic. You want to go out to your friends or out with your friends and eat something that we wouldn't eat? Go ahead, but pay attention to what your body cells tell you. It's smarter than your dad, mm-hmm. smarter than any mm-hmm. doctor. And they come back and go, yeah, dad, you know, the thing you were telling me it's right. My body is not like this. So I don't have to worry about them. They have the language of their cells, which I had to learn as an adult. They got it from, from the get go, which is a gift we can give our kids.
0: Mm-hmm. So when I, they spilled that juice and I couldn't get it up, I, uh, that started me on that journey. It got bi- bigger. I mean, I just am a natural born teacher and uh, I thought we had. I'm doing this for all the children in the world because not just for my kids. And the only way my kids are going to have a chance of being able to eat well is if I change the world. And that was actually my goal, to change the way the world eats so that there would be an opportunity to go to school and get decent food. But that hasn't happened, unfortunately. And I sometimes wonder, um, you know... Are we making any progress? Because when COVID came and vaccines came, so many people, just like little sheeple, ran to the doctor and got their vaccine. And, you know, a lot of people didn't have any side effects, but then... A lot of people are, and of course, you can't trust the media anyway, what they're going to tell you about the truth. But um, fortunately, there are some people out there. I'm surprised you haven't been run uh, railroad out of town. What do you think is your secret? Like, how come they've let you alone enough to be here today doing what you're still doing at still well, you, know, you know, fighting was, the establishment?
1: I was banned on YouTube, still am banned on Spotify, the podcast site. Even Joe Rogan is on Spotify. They didn't ban him, uh, but <laughs> I've been banned on LinkedIn as well. Uh, but various times I've been banned and, and back on in some cases. And I think that the shift now is the, how ridiculous the censorship has been, that even uh, some of the, the Democrats that used to be champions of free speech that abandoned it are now going, hmm, maybe, hey, that Bobby Kennedy looks interesting. He's running for president, <laughs> right? RFK mm-hmm. Jr. So it's interesting to see what's happening. And, um, you know, there may have been one, two or three percent of us that questioned vaccines back in the early days, you know, decades ago. And uh, no matter what we said, we couldn't reach the level of the mainstream media uh, with the money and power they had to, to communicate this because we would be you know, ridiculed, censored, etc. But because of their overreach in COVID, now we have arguably 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent. The vast majority of people are now questioning one, like the COVID shot, or all. Physicians like Dr. Peter McCullough, when I first met him, was still all in on the flu shot and the regular vaccines. Now I just had him on last Sunday at an event, we were together. He's like, you know, I was fully vaccinated. My kids were fully vaccinated. My grandkids won't get any vaccines. So tell me that that was not progress and it takes some hardship and some danger and deaths to occur. And that's what, you know, I wish it didn't take that, but it does. But yes, indeed, we are succeeding now because of, not in spite of, but because of all the bad guys have done to try and suppress our message.
0: Mm-hmm. well that's really good, but um i you know my own i just intuitively did not want my kids my first group of kids so so one of them is fifteen years younger and he's not vaccinated he also doesn't didn't have antibiotics but the older two did and I tried to you know not vaccinate them. but they wouldn't they not only wouldn't let them in school um they also were gonna send the department of family services after me so I went and Unfortunately, vaccinated them. I, they're healthy. I, I don't can't say that. But they weren't the same kind of vaccines that they're getting they're today. They weren't fewer. so close together. Yeah, way far fewer. Like our generation, we had two maybe, polio I and smallpox. And
1: I had, I had a diverse reaction to the smallpox vaccine when I was a baby or child. I remember it. That was one of my first memories. Oh, you remember it? Yeah. I, I, yeah. And, but I didn't know until do. much later, obviously, of being raised in a medical family, uh, what I know today as a homeopath and other things that I've done. So... Um, you know, the journey is 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 long for those of us who are in it for the long haul, and we never know when that's over. Like my good friend Dr. Rasha Batar just, you know, suddenly passed away and he, you know, claims he was poisoned. And there's a lot of controversy mm-hmm. over uh what he had done. He was like one of the most banned doctors. He was on the 12, you know, dirty what they call it, disinfo dozen, which included my friends Ty and Charlene Bollinger and and Bobby Kennedy of all people. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we were to target people like that, they would call us names and say, how criminal of us, but they can do it, you know, without with a, with reckless abandon. And I don't know ultimately what happened, but I, I, I will say that uh, we must go with God. We cannot operate in fear. Uh, if we do, then we're, you know, we're, we're uh, uh, diminishing our, our capacity to help people, much less ourselves. And the question is, why are we here? You know, is it to toe a party line? Is it to, to, to cheerlead tyranny or, or be quiet while it happens? Or is it to Speak out against those things and help to be inspirations for others, to, to do things that are better for themselves, if they're willing and able. And everybody's got a different threshold for tolerance, for pain, etc. That's why many people didn't wake up 20, 30 years ago, like you did or I did, uh, but now they are, those that have survived this. And uh, I'm willing to help anybody, even if they got the jab. I don't want to condemn anybody because they made a choice that I wouldn't make. I made choices that I wouldn't make today back when I was younger, because I didn't know. Uh-huh. So uh, the question is, do we have That's compassion? True. You know, and I do, Mm -hmm. and I hope that, uh, and I know you do, Donna, as well, but uh, I'm hoping through this that we will gain more compassion for those that lived in fear, and maybe we can help them, you know, overcome that.
0: We know, I always say we've got really good products, especially for gut health, but... The best thing we have is our knowledge, because they're going to keep making mistakes unless you get unless they get educated and, and right. get you to make a choice, an educated choice, which is what you're doing with your radio show. Like it's amazing to me, and obviously uh, says a lot about your energy for taking all these things. Um, you are on. You know, the radio, two hours a day, every day. Are you there every day or you yeah, take a I'd break? Five,
1: five days a week. It was six days a week. Now I've decided uh, a couple of years ago to pre-record my Sunday show. So I don't have to do six days a week. Uh, and we do Sunday conversations, which are really nice. And, uh, you know, you're welcome. Anytime you want to come back on on the show too. Uh, we love you. Oh, and I love, love that. You. I want to I'll talk about my antiviral
0: diet. Because if you have the virus, there's a way to eat. You can't eat. Yeah. Like, like I noticed that a lot of people are trying to start to help in functional medicine they're coming up with programs for long haulers but no one knows about diet it was the same thing when i was working with autism Mm -hmm. they didn't have diet uh, dialed down at all you know they didn't know and then i come along and i say well let's see they don't detoxify they have yeast problems gut dysbiosis this is what you got to do and Mm -hmm. then kids started getting well for the first time well this is the same thing with the antiviral diet it's like really really works and if you have ms which is a, a reactivation of epstein-barr yeah it's great for that i've had people literally get out of a wheelchair uh with their epstein-barr by doing this antiviral program so if you want me as a guest on there i'd love to do that
1: so. yeah and, and by the way my perspective on viruses has shifted over the years i don't think they're actual causative agents now the man-made thing that's happened with wuhan and stuff that's a whole, that's weaponizing these these uh protein sequences amino acid sequences called viruses I think that ultimately that we'll learn that they're more communicative tools uh, in terms of reality, You know, our reality on the physical world, uh, and also maybe detoxification agents because we know that when we have the minerals present, we talked about selenium and other things, these things could be in us and never do us any harm. They're just hanging out. What's the point, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when we are diminished, deficient, or when when toxic, suddenly we see this activity. So the question is, are they really the cause? Are they the result of all the terrain issues when we corrupt Mm -hmm. the terrain through deficiency and toxicity? Doesn't mean ignore them. That's not what I'm arguing. But the reality mm-hmm. is, if you address the terrain first. They never have to come out and cause us a problem. As you know, the, the herpetic viruses are ubiquitous in the human genome. Mm-hmm. We're never yeah, getting yeah. rid no, of them. I 100
0: agree with everything you're saying. When we die, I think they have a purpose. Like when you get old and you die, you know, we put people either cremate them or we put them in caskets and put them in the ground. But people used to just die and they put them under a pile of rocks or something or put them on a fire and burn them but, you know they didn't have these fancy beer. so what happens is the dead body starts to decompose and it decomposes because over a lifetime you know we have these viruses and all that come out and decompose the body so they have a purpose but to kind of Reword what you said in different, slightly different language. Mm-hmm. They come out when we become too acidic, and we become too acidic when we're lacking minerals. Correct. So I'm 100% agreement with you, and that's what my book talks about. So uh, you have to have a, a diet that's slightly, slightly more alkaline. You need some acidic foods, but the alkaline foods are critical, and you need a good amount of them, and absolutely the minerals. Gosh, I'm going to go back through this and take notes and put that whole thing into my program. So, Robert, thank you so much. I guess we have to stop. I have to be a two-parter here, I think. But um, you're amazing. I feel really blessed to have a genius for a friend like you. And I hope people, <laughs> um, how can they find you to listen to your radio show? Because it's mesmerizing to,
1: to yeah, follow come you. Up, come on over to robertscottbell.com. It's that simple. And uh, you can watch us on Rumble in different places, places where we're not banned, but I would urge you to sign up uh, for free to become a newsletter per subscriber. Again, we don't sell your information, but to keep you up to date, go to robertscottbell.com or text RSB, my initials, to 22828. Make it easy. If you've got your, your phone, you can go 22828. That'll be who you're texting or what you're texting. Send RSB in the and then you'll get a prompt to get the email in and uh, you can listen live or later. And there's a live chat room. It's a great community. We have a little patron support group too. That's so, you know, the hardcore, you know, the, you know, people that just love you so much, like you, Donna, they want to do anything to help you. And I thank anybody that's willing to do that, even as little as five bucks a month to keep us going. Cause we don't have big pharma money. You don't have big pharma money. Uh, we do a lot just out of love because we love to do what we do. And, Uh, We have monthly Zoom meetings, Ask Me Anythings, which are a great community and lots of events that I traveled to. And there's an upcoming events tab at robertscoutbell.com. If I'm in your neighborhood, love to see you. I I know I'm going to where are you now? Can you say are you do you I'm in Charleston?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: No, I'm a southerner. So Atlanta would be sort of semi close. I haven't had any health Mm -hmm. conferences in Charleston, but great to be out there and see you. Uh, but, uh, there Charleston's are things all over. too conservative for
0: people like us for the most part. Nobody knows who I am here, but Atlanta yeah. is only five hours away. So right. uh, let me right. know when you're there.
1: Absolutely. We'll do so. And anytime we can get together, I appreciate you and your audience. And I know that they're plugged into some things because it's helped them so much. And I'm grateful for all that you have done to help me and my family because we've utilized a lot that you brought out too. So thank you, Donna. Uh,
0: Thanks for saying that. You feel like sometimes you're not making any difference in the world. So it's really is very, it means a lot to me that you said that, especially you. Thank you very much. We hopefully can do this again and I'd love to be a guest on the show.
1: All right. Thanks, Donna.
0: Body ecology is not a diet. It's a way of life based on seven universal laws that always guide us toward the truth. If you want to know more about us, about these seven universal laws and about our amazing effective products, go to our website, bodyecology.com. Also, for a free transcript of this show, go to our website, Again, that's bodyecology.com. And of course, if you like what you're learning, we'd be very grateful for a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've got a topic you want to learn about, just let us know. This information does not replace the advice of your doctor or healthcare professional. Thank you very much for listening. And here's to a happier, healthier world.